Sessions. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sound on Sound podcast. I'm Chris Mays-Wright, your host for this episode. June has been a busy month for us. We were down at the London International Music Show at the beginning of the month, where we were media sponsors of the sound recording technology part of the show. BIMS was a real success. According to organised statistics, over 25,000 people attended over the four days of the show. Sound on Sound had seminar rooms, where the editorial team were demonstrating everything from sound design to recording vocals, as well as setting up a PA and bedroom recording. The show was so popular that dates for next year's show have already been confirmed, so be sure to keep the 11th to the 14th of June 2009 free, so you can make it down to XL. Soon after the London show, myself and our cameraman stroke marketing manager Andy Brooks flew out to Nashville in the United States for the Summer NAM show, a much smaller event than the Winter NAM that takes place in California in January. While we were at the show, we checked out the latest offerings from exhibitors and made some videos which you can view by visiting the SOS news pages at soundonsound.com forward slash news. For this month's podcast, I'll bring you a condensed version of what we found. To start with, I spoke to Dan Zimbelman from API, who have launched a new brand called Arsenal Audio. I started by asking Dan why they'd launched it. Well, we wanted to launch a new brand for Arsenal Audio because with API, we have a very distinct footprint. We use the API proprietary 2520 op amp, the API transformer. We feel like we're caretakers of a great brand that was started in 1967 and we want to preserve the sound, the tonal quality, the integrity of the product as much as a human being could possibly do today. Having said that, we have a lot of technology that we either own, we've acquired, our engineers have fantastic ideas that don't necessarily conform to that API footprint. We have three products in the, the initial offering. We have the R24 equalizer. This is a dual channel four band equalizer. It's based on a company that was around in the 70s called APSI. It was a bit of a spin-off of API. It's a fantastic quality equalizer with a pedigree. We also have another version. The 500 series formats become really popular. We have the V14, which is a single channel, four band equalizer. Same as the, same as the R20, R24. Then we have the R20, dual channel mic pre. This mic pre is a very high quality, very clear, transparent signal path. It's based around the, the that chip from that corporation, which we have a lot of respect for. So it's a new design. It's our engineer's design. It's called the R20 dual channel mic pre. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Dan Zimbelman there from API. Back in 2007, we came across an innovative new MIDI controller called the Axis 64 by C3 Music. Instead of having traditional keys like a piano, the Axis uses hexagonal buttons arranged in such a way that you can play chords with just one or two fingers. See-through have launched a new, smaller model called the Axis 49, which Jacqueline Candelaf from the company talks to me about. Basically, it's a MIDI controller with a very cool new layout of notes, which is uh, very logical and um, surprisingly easy to uh, learn, even though it looks a bit... Um... Unconventional, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. So, essentially, you've got um, notes on, on the different buttons, and how, how, how do they work in relation to each other? Well, basically, any, it's the same as the Axis 64, where anywhere on the keyboard, the note above is a fifth. Right. Up and to the right is a major third and up and to the left is a minor third. Okay. You have to just think about shapes. A right-facing triangle gives you a major chord. 
and a left facing triangle gives you a minor chord. So once you've learnt the shape of any chord or scale, it's the same in any key. It's aimed at everybody, really. People who find musical theory difficult, people who want to think outside the box or have a, just a different approach to music, basically. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. You can find out more about the Axis 49 by visiting C3 Music's website. If you're listening to the Enhanced podcast, just click on the link on the bottom of the page now. Elsewhere at the Samanam show, Alesis had a useful new line mixer on display on their stand. Here's Felix to tell you more. We have the Multimix 8 line by Alesis. It's a line mixer, 8-channel line mixer. Really simple to use. It is no brain surgery because you have all you have on each channel is going to be a volume control, you have a panning control, and you also have an, ese- an effect sent. Of the eight channels, channel number one is going to be a mic and line input, so you can actually switch it from line okay. to mic. The rest of them are going to be stereo line input. You see, you can also have an expand. So if you have a second one, you can actually link them together, utilize through the effects boss link, utilize the same effects uh, sends and returns through. All right, and of course, you have your stereo monitor. You have all your effects sends and returns right here. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Next, I caught up with Alan Hyatt from PMI Audio, who is exhibiting new products from Joe Meek and Toft Audio. The new Joe Meek device is a guitar pedal, which is a first from the company. So I asked him how it came about. Everybody kept saying, hey, why can't you guys make a pedal? So we really took it to heart as to what they said, and uh, we've designed the new Joe Meek 4Q. Uh, anyway, what the Joe Meek 4Q is, is a, is a pedal effect that uses the complete Joe Meek optical compressor. So it's the most full-featured floor pedal on the market for compression. Um, it's got the true Joe Meek signature sound to it. It's also, it also uses a switch mode supply. So unlike other devices, when you're using to power it, it doesn't matter what power you put in there, 9 volt, 12 volt, 18 volt, AC or DC, whatever uh, power adapter you have, plug it in, the switch mode supply will correct it. Of course, we ship it with its own power supply, but whatever you use. Now, the other thing that's nice about this is if you want to use this as a standalone, like DI, there's 18 dB of gain on the input without the compressor even being uh, engaged. So for different pickups, if you have active or passive pickups and you're not getting enough gain stage, you can use this as a DI box and adjust your gain. So look for the floor queue roughly about October. The target price, again, America is about $199. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Under the Toft Audio banner on the PMI stand was the new A-Range, a 2U mic pre and equalizer. Here's Alan with some history about it. Well, the uh, A-Range uh, is uh, based off of a legendary console as, uh, known as the A-Range, which was designed by Malcolm Toft and Barry Porter. Um, Malcolm and Barry uh, started the uh, company, uh, Trident Audio Development Limited, in the 60s, uh, during the time of Malcolm's tutelage uh, as uh, head engineer of the famous Trident Audio Recording Studios, who did Queen, Elton John, The Beatles, and a bunch of other guys. Anyway, um, as the market has progressed, there seems to be a call and a demand for very high-end vintage retro gear. So Malcolm and I had been discussing about recreating the original A-Range because we've done a very good job on recreating the, uh, the original Trident Audio Development's 
ADBEQ. So, um, unfortunately, uh, Barry Porter passed away many years ago, but Malcolm faithfully reproduced the designs that him and Barry did, including using the same transformers by Souter. Basically, you're coming through a complete Class A discrete mic preamplifier, again, using the Souter uh, uh, transformers. From there, you have each channel has a four-band EQ with uh, selectable high and low-pass filters, and each one also selects between four different frequencies that you can cut and or boost with the uh, fader control. Uh, uh, essentially, the beauty about this is that it has uh, this just unbelievably warm, very tonal flavor or color to the EQ, which is what really made the A-Range famous. The target price in America, mind you, not pound sterling, is about $3,000, uh, so that would roughly make it at about $1,500 uh, in, uh, in pound sterling. I would think by AES time in San Francisco, uh, the A-Range should be shipping. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Elsewhere on the show floor, Audio-Technica was showing a total of four new mics. Two are in the 20 series, as Gary Boss from the company explains. Well, here at the NAM show, we're introducing two new microphones to the 20 series line. The first one is this guy in the back, and that's the 2035. Uh, what's kind of special about this is it's a true large diaphragm side address microphone with exceptionally low noise. It's like 12 dB of self-noise on this microphone with really tremendous SPL handling. It'll handle up to 158 dB with a 10 dB pad and engage. It is a fixed cardioid pattern, so you could use this on vocals, pianos, overhead, all those kind of things that you would normally use the side address stuff for, but, but it really will excel at, at any of those applications. Now, the 2050 is an externally polarized large diaphragm, and it's a dual diaphragm design, and we use that dual diaphragm for pattern control. So now you have a multi-pattern microphone. This guy will handle up to 159 dB. So the thing that's cool about this, again, the versatility of it, both in the studio but also on the stage. For people who want to do drum overheads or guitar cabinet miking, this will work great. Or with these Figure of Eight and Omni, now you can start experimenting with some different stereo, like maybe cross figure eights or a mid-side or whatnot with this microphone. So it's a, it's a real versatile performer in that regard. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. There are also two new mics in Audio-Technica's 40 series, as Gary explains. Historically, in the 40 series line, I've had a 4041 pencil condenser, and then you move from that up to a 4051, which is an interchangeable capsule. The 4041 is a great microphone by all regards, but it does have a very unique sonic footprint. So it is not a, a super neutral microphone, but it's a super effective microphone for strings and hi-hat and things of that nature. With the 4021 and 4022, we bring a little bit more neutral pencil condenser into that price range. 4021 is a fixed cardioid, 4022 is a fixed omni. So now you have a, a little more versatility without going to the expense of the interchangeable capsules on the 4051 side. On the 20, 4021 and 4022, we're looking at about that uh, 350 US, 350 bucks. When we move up into the 2035, we're looking about 150-ish. And when we go up to the 2050, uh, it's, it's going to stream for under $250. So for a multi-pattern mic, that's great. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. You may know Belkin as a manufacturer of consumer electronics and computer accessories, but they're slowly making their way into the home studio market. 
They've got a range of portable devices that record onto an Apple iPod. Here's Jeff Wilcox from Belkin with more information of their latest one. All right, so the Go Studio here is a two-channel recorder. It records directly to the 3G as well as 2G Nano. It'll also record to the iPod Classics, both sizes. Uh, it has two onboard microphones that, that are directional. Uh, it also has XLR quarter-inch combo jacks so that you can plug in a microphone or a guitar. Uh, and then we have all the settings here. It has individual gain settings for each channel, a built-in speaker, and a headphone jack on the bottom. It records WAV file, 44.1, and once, once the WAV file's onto the iPod, you just put it into your iTunes and it'll, it'll transfer right in. It's going to be $119.99. should be available late September. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. One of the most talked about products at the Summer Nam show was the Moog guitar. I asked Jason from Moog what makes it so different. What makes it so different is there, there are pickups that are our patented design okay. that uh, are able to give energy to the strings and able to take away energy from the strings. So that, that's a big, the, the big leap in technology that we're, we're working with. First off, it's just a beautiful guitar in its own right, you know, it's just a real, we wanted to introduce this guitar with the utmost quality and, and you know, just a, a great playing guitar, something that somebody could play as their main axe, you know, and just utilize. We have some power coming into this pedal. This pedal then sends the power through this 5-pin XLR, and that goes into the, you know, the electronics of the, in the instrument. Um, and the reason we do that is because we also have control voltage happening between the pedal and the guitar. Okay. So we're able to move things around inside in a very analog and organic way. On the output of the pedal is just a conventional quarter-inch And it's mono? It's mono. It's, just, okay. it's mono. Just, uh, and you just plug that straight into your amp? Yeah. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. For more information, check out the news pages of Sound on Sound at soundonsound.com forward slash news. Elsewhere, Neumann have announced a new mic in their TLM range of solid-state condenser microphones. Here's Rob Blumenrader from Sennheiser with more. Neumann's pleased to announce the TLM67. The uh, TLM67 is our newest addition to the TLM family. It's a multi-pattern microphone. It uh, has the same feature set as the U87 and utilizes the, the uh, K67 capsule. This is a bit of a throwback for Neumann. Um, the composition of the microphone and the coloring gives it that retro look. We also are paying homage to the founder, Jörg Neumann, with a commemorative coin on the front that, that says since 1928. Neumann is celebrating our 80th year in business. Um, the TLM67 is now currently shipping, and uh, retail price for the Set Z version with the shock mount is just over $3,800. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. As ever, Roland were at the show, and they had a new stage keyboard on display. Here's Ed Diaz with more information. We made a keyboard now for our live performers that maybe uh, don't necessarily use a sequence or a sampler on stage. This is something that's really great. They just want good sounds. And so that's where the Juno stage comes in. You'll notice we made it in 76 uh, note keys, and these are semi-weighted synth action, so they're not super light. Now, we did we made it in 76 because a lot of our live guys, 61, they're going to be messing with the octave shift the whole night. And at 88, although we love 88s, they tend to be kind of heavy, especially very late in the morning. So this is where the 76 falls into place real good. So we gave you like a lot of really good sounds, like we give you the 88 Stage Grand, which is derived from the Phantom X family. Also, we gave you a lot of a lot of sounds that make sense, like some of our electric pianos, like our Stage Phaser. 
So it kind of sounds that are useful for, for stage performers, right? Yeah, for stage performers, because a lot of times what we're going to play on stage, we're going to play pianos, we're going to play electric pianos, we're going to play Hammonds, you know, a couple of leads, some good horns. So that's what we, we tried to put in here for you. Now, the real nice thing about this is... On board, we got a lot, we got a lot of great we got a lot of great sounds, but then also we have spots for two SRX expansion boards in here. So if you want to, you know there's currently 12 available. You have rooms to put two more in there. So you can go ahead and fine tune this keyboard for whatever your genre that you're playing is. So that's something that's wonderful. Uh, other sounds that I love is of course class. You know, really good class sounds just right out of the box. Also, here's another cool thing. If I am playing live and I want to play with some backing tracks, a lot of times I have to buy some uh, other outboard gear to try and figure out how to hook it up. Well, now the Juno stage actually has a USB memory area. What you can do, you can take any flash drive and you can put WAVE, AIFF, standard MIDI files, and MP3s right into your keyboard. You can control the, the sound, the volume level of the USB drive separate from the keyboard. Okay. So you can get it fine-tuned in there. Also, maybe you lost your USB like I tend to do, you know, from all the travel. We actually have an external input right on top, which will take an eighth-inch stereo, so you can put any MP3-type player in here, and it'll work perfectly. So that's something that's wonderful as well. So right out of the box, you got some real nice ways to go. Also, we have a Neutrik input, so you can't have a microphone. So if I go ahead and use my microphone, test, 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 one, two, I can go ahead and have a microphone. So playing live, I can do that. The next question is for our live guys are going, well, you have a microphone. Does it have a vocoder? I know that always comes up. And although vocoder isn't necessarily uh, a, necess a necessity for a gig, it's just fun to have. And the answer is yes, we have a vocoder in here, so we can go test. Great sounds, very compact, at only 22 pounds, very easy, it's not going to break your back. SRX expandability, plus the different media options you can use. And then plus, once you get home, if you want to integrate it with your computer system, there is a MIDI controller button, which now turns this from a live performance board into a MIDI controller. And it shows you exactly the strings, and you're ready, pretty much ready to go with USB already set. So that's, in a nutshell, the Juno stage. Great, fun keyboard. I know I've had it for a couple of weeks testing it out, and I've, I've had to uh, force myself not to take it to a couple of gigs, because it was, you know, but I'm, I'm loving it. This is the Sound on Sound that's it from the Sound on Sound podcast. We'll be back next time in our usual format of Q&A and news with some highlights of the August issue, which is in shops mid-July. In the meantime, why not check out the SOS website at soundonsound.com, where you'll find videos of the Summer Nam show, as well as news, reviews, and our forum, which is a great place to ask questions and talk tech. See you next time on the Sound on Sound podcast.